Welcome back to the Sletchpreneur Podcast. I'm your host, Anna D, aka The Professional Goddess, here to empower women to build their own empire and interview sluts who like to make money. On my podcast, I give you a peek inside my life as a girl boss, mentor, retired cam girl, viral TikToker, and now 1% OnlyFans creator. I share my ups and downs of running a multi-million dollar business and the difficult yet sexy path to success. So, my dear slutchpreneurs and my boss bitches in training, grab your notebooks, put on your crown, and if you're a new listener, it's an honor to have you here. Get ready to take a peek inside my pleasure chest. So, we are going to Atlanta, so we are driving. Yes, this is our, our little late Christmas family trip. Go see Mama. Turn left. Because family is and important. And then, Family's good. turn right. We're happy to see family. We're expecting a good time, right? Wine, possibly a nice mm-hmm. wine-fueled uh, evening of laughs and camaraderie. How else do you participate with family? I don't know, but I know the last time that we got super wine drunk with our aunt, that was um, oh, yelling at each other. There were Turn tears, right. those dark stories that you don't share with people. Turn left. It's a lot of fun. Um. <laughs> A lot of fun. What do we got? What do we got? Oh, well. I guess it wasn't meant to be. Does this have nicotine in it? This pen? This, yeah. Really? Yes. Oh, Ooh, that's nice. Yeah. And I've actually lowered, you know, stepping down from nicotine. I and forgot how good that tasted. Pancakes. Well, as I self-destruct when I'm stressed, that's what the cigarettes are a minor band-aid for. Are you stressed? <laughs> Divine pressure. Okay. <laughs> uh, Lovely. Well, this will be interesting. So who are you? Who am I? Who am I? <laughs> what is a man? <laughs> what, is, what is a man? I, that's, I don't know. I think I'm an artist. I think that's one thing I am. I, th- or maybe more of a craftsman. I'm not sure. I think I'm a maker of things. I think a maker, maybe a like... Like, if I'm defined, like if that's a concept, you know, that, that you're down with, I don't know. Uh, We're I, kind of all God. God is a funny word, you know? Wait, who are you to me? Who am I to you? Yes! I am your brother. I am your beloved <laughs> older brother. I taught you everything you know. You, your source of cool. It came from my mistakes and my failures. And I, I want everyone who might listen to this to know... It was me. You're welcome. How's that? <laughs> well, I got a question on my Instagram yesterday. I was like, what's an assumption you have about me? Okay. And someone said, you're an only child, but wish you weren't. And I thought that was really interesting. Wait, so someone... Am I going the wrong way? No. It says... Oh, wait. <laughs> It says no parking. So I feel like I think... every time I get on the highway, I'm as going long as you don't way. park here, we're fine. <laughs> <laughs> so wait, it's it. Okay, so some I people see me maybe as one person. So they assume that only, about you yeah, that I'm an only child. Oh, okay. But there's a respect for those in my family that I don't share their personal lives. Sure, sure. Um, I get yeah, yeah. But. I I guess I kind of give off that energy, maybe, being independent. Well, I think truly, uh, 
from my perspective, like seeing where you've kind of come from and where you're going and, and the journey in between, um, I mean, you, you didn't really like, there was no like artistic project. I remember a creative project where you were like, Hey Matt, can you give me some creative input? You know, you didn't seek that from mom. You kind of, that, that really came from either you. I don't really know where a lot of that was maybe sourced, but I know when you were working on some of your clothing early on, that was like pretty interesting, pretty cool stuff. And it didn't come from like, I didn't teach you how to do anything with clothes. Um, YouTube wasn't whatever. Um, I honestly get really frustrated when people try to, teach me how to, oh, hi, cutie. <laughs> no, ew, he kind of looks like you. <laughs> I, hate, I hate everything. I hated everything about that. Every moment, just, and that, I just, it is I on. like men with long hair because it's feminine, and I like. <laughs> it's fine. It's totally fine. I'm not going to drink any bootlegger um, next to my clone, <laughs> my um, handsome doppelganger. Uh, what I was saying was like, if, and, okay, here you go. When you get instructions with your Legos, you never like following them because you like gain this confidence by doing something yourself. And it's like, I didn't need that, you know? So when people kind of show me how to do things, I think a lot of, like, I want to make that mistake and learn from it because that's all I know. Sure. Like if, if you teach a man how to, you give him a fish, you feed his family, but if you give him lots of... If you give him lots of fish... He has a lot of fish friends. If you give him a fish, you'll feed his family. But if you teach him how to fish, he'll feed his family for life. That is the oldest dirt saying. Um, I so <clears throat> it's funny you bring up the Legos. Uh, I've been playing music with someone that I'm very close to, or have been close with, and um, the way they learn music is reading sheet music and this very like school kind of format and every time we get together I'm like okay hurry up just like play the fucking thing so I can listen to it hear it and try to replay because I I learn differently and the the way I kind of learn is like you we we break things apart and look at the pieces or we pour the Legos out onto the floor and find the bits Um, it's a very like uh, as opposed to flashcards you know, I can't recall a time where you, like, absorbed a great deal of information through flashcards. The way I remember us interacting yeah. with the world is touching it and breaking it or building it or gluing it together or breaking it apart. That's interesting. Um, so I think we have a very... There's so many different ways to learn. There's tactile. Like, I like podcasts. I learned a lot from my podcast. Learned, if I watch someone do something on YouTube, I can fucking do it. You know? 100%. But there's a lot of people who can't. They, they, some people are great with numbers in a way that I can never be. They can recall and calculate instantly because that just is a language. Um, so the, the mind's fucking fascinating. I think I expect people to Google everything, and I get frustrated when people can't digest a concept that comes naturally to me. So it's something I'm having to like soften up about. Oh my god! Yeah, tell me about it. But it's true. I mean, you have free information at your fingertips. You can become a small business owner in one day. Uh, it's Or someone would rather go to school for it. Sure. Um, but I think, too, like... Okay, so the world is changing a lot, and the rules that apply now... 
like, I don't know, you probably know more than me, what advice, is there advice that you gave years ago that wouldn't be worth anything now, or do you think it's still the same? You could have said anything you said 10 years ago, or heard anything 10 years ago, and it would still apply today. Because I remember online sales were looked at very different 10 years ago. Some people were still worried about packages getting there, people stealing them, return and, and shipping costs. That was something uh, Heather talked about a lot. Well, I think it kind of grows like a mass and the information just compiles, but the core of it still has just as much meaning because the information couldn't compile without the core. So I think like with a diary, like you read back from five years ago and you're like, oh my God, that's more relative than ever. But if you're discussing like a process or technology, like of course there's different and more complex complexity. Um, but I think those beginning stages are what's most important, which is kind of that thing I say a lot, like you have to remember what made you want to start it and keep that. Otherwise you'll never find joy in what you do. Yeah. Maybe. No, I, I couldn't agree more. Um, I know I am happy to admit that tons of things I did early on in my life were to like try to talk to girls or attract girls. I mean, music, you know, I, I loved music. I really learned to love music, but originally I was a 14 year old kid who just wanted to like fucking play bass and be cool and kiss girls because I was awkward and I wanted like attention and I wanted to be cool. You know, that's truly the very first thought that made me say, hey, this might be a cool thing I should try, you know? So I was nine when dad left. You were 12. Uh, yeah? Yeah, three years older than me. Are you sure? I remember at 10 and 7. Really? Yeah. So I remember mom gave me this birthday card and it was like nine is fine and it was this like fucking poem and I remember being like this is my first birthday without dad and it just correlated to that card so okay. maybe I was eight I'm not sure maybe so maybe I was 11 but but yeah I mean there's splitting hairs a couple years so when that happened and I know our memories were probably fueled by like a lot of emotion. But as being a brother and sister, like, we were still, like, we weren't, like, I think being different genders and being, um, having different hobbies, we weren't, like, close, like, how certain siblings are. Yeah. And then that happened, and then I think we both kind of just went in these, like, emotional routes that were, like, in the same direction, but not the same lane. Well, I think um, there are a lot of fine fine factors. Like, we've talked before, and you've illuminated to me that when I... I think I was 14 when I first, like, had sex with some, my girlfriend at the time. And I think I, I told you or something, and you told me that that kind of broke some trust between us because we were religious upbringing. And, you know, we had both promised to God that we would be innocent because that was a big deal for our mom and our parents. They didn't want us to fuck anybody. You also told me you had sex on every couch and surface in the house. So that... <laughs> yeah, I'm sure I did. And I don't think I actually... I don't know. I'm sure I actually did it. And I'm sure I was just trying to like... Well, walk me through... Like, losing your virginity is either a great thing or a, a 
for some people an assault or meaningless? Like, how has losing your virginity shaped your life? Well, the first time was <clears throat> super, like, short and kind of embarrassing because I, like, I mean, it was just boom, right <laughs> off the bat. Yeah, it's, it was did the most magical protection? feeling. No. Oh my uh, God. Maybe I did. I don't remember. I think I did a lot with uh, the first person, and um, she was just a, just a wonderful person. Um, I got to, you know, knew her for a long time afterward, but uh, I think we did or didn't sometimes. I'm not really sure. Uh, probably because we were young, and, you know, I tried to be. I used condoms a, a good bit in my early teens. But you had, like, girlfriends and were pretty, like, from my perspective, like, I didn't think, it seemed pretty normal once I grew up a little bit, but you were sexually active when you were, like, 14. I was probably 8th grade, 7th grade, but we never talked about it. Maybe? I think so. And I it think was, I told you when I gave a blowjob for the first time. <laughs> I'm sure if, if I heard that, I tried to, like whatever and that's um, I think you were surprisingly like calm about it because I you know well I never was ever like Anna's having sex like I never was ever mad at that I think um, I think when high school started and you were a freshman I was worried about um, just about wouldn't be I mean your little sister you know yeah I mean pretty normal like to me it seems just normal like my you know I don't want people to hurt her. Yeah. Um, and that's all that really mattered. I think we didn't talk a lot because I know, like, I'd lash out. Some There were times I'd feel, like, insecure about who was my family. Like, was mom or Anna going to, like, leave next? Like, I didn't know. I never really ever knew. Well, I also was, like, the straight A, but also sneaking out at night while visibly were struggling emotionally and it probably showed through your schoolwork. Oh yeah. And it just gave us these defined roles as kids, like good one, bad one, which I felt like there was resentment, but I also felt like you had it easier because there were expectations in a way. Uh, you know, I'm sure a lot of that's true and I'll, I'll admit to the resentment that there were, de- I mean, there's always been times, um, where I've thought, man, um, it just seems like it's easier or I wish this or that or because I can just be super selfish sometimes. And at this point in my life, I'm like, I'm so grateful. I can acknowledge, like I have some self-awareness and I'm trying to be Yeah, like I can talk about that and not, I don't feel that. It's just like looking over that uh, chapter, you know? Yeah. Um, which I'm grateful for. I. But then, 15, you had that little pot farm, and you taught me how to smoke in the attic for the first time. Pot farm. Pot farm. <laughs> I had four or five light bulbs in a 100-degree crawl space on the side of an attic with maybe 20 little plants in and cups, plastic red cups. I've told, or we talk about this story with mom a lot, but it wasn't until the second house and the other the second crawl space. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh yeah, there was another one that was you know, that one was a little better, I think. I remember. Yeah, that we moved a lot. There was like four different houses and mom 
worked, I don't even know how many jobs, but we had a lot of freedom. I, I want to say it was eighth grade for me, but getting off the bus and kind of doing what we pleased. Yeah, it was, and uh, I was on Adderall heavily, so I didn't sleep a lot, and I was up playing music or... Yeah, usually just fucking play music or building something or fucking around with something, I guess. But we had that, like, fort in the in the um, woods. So cool. That you and your friends would go, like, drink and stuff at, and... Yeah. It was, like... It was just... I, I don't know, looking back, like, that was our normal, you know? I had some really shitty little kids that were influences... That, and I'm not blaming them like I was just a sad kid and I wanted friends and I was pretty awkward so the bad kids and the like I mean fucking Blink-182 was like to me it was edgy and I remember like oh cool like people actually like kids drink and they're sad like I don't know it felt very it just felt it like felt like a people. little and it was felt good to be defiant too like in a way yeah I'd been such a good obedient little fucking Christian my whole life I'd gone to church and been excited about God and genuinely cared about the fucking Bible and all that stupid bullshit and I really like there was a I remember a year or two struggling and feeling so alone and like there's I tried so hard if there is this thing this fucking entity that's seen me and knows me so truly I feel so fucking betrayed and was like two dads and two betrayals yeah. um and it was hard. I really liked God and the idea of that. I really thought that it was nice that someone was looking out for you and mom and me. And that it would be okay. And to learn that that was a lie really felt like another betrayal. Um, and I don't know if you and I... I don't know what your relationship was or is. I don't really ask you much, but like... I think after I lost my virginity, I was like, okay, God's sending me to hell, so why even, like, try to repent or anything? And then, obviously, getting involved with friends who weren't all about it, and then drinking and smoking, like, that was the focus, and being rebellious felt so good to, like, go to school and make good grades, but then, like, live this lavish like 21 year old life at 16 yeah. um, and just transitioning in, into a different person that I was creating like God had nothing to do with it um, but it was I think we both didn't face those things head on ourselves or together which I wouldn't expect a teenager to do Yeah. but then you you realize how influencing those things are in a way you know I, there was I wanted I I really, there was probably a, a point in my life where I wanted to have, like, I, I always, I know I always wanted to have, like, a close relationship with you because you're my sister and I love you and I care about you, but I I know there were years where I was doing my thing and you were doing yours, and I didn't feel like I could, um, a lot of times I felt like I just wasn't cool enough for, like... Well, I was listening to, like, hip-hop, I was, um and competitive dance like I was in this entirely different culture whereas you were like in a in a band and like on MTV and you know I thought the same thing I was like you are uh, like a celebrity and you got to get out of school and go do this and you know your friends fucking love you and you're and they're funny and you guys trip shrooms in the backyard where I'm just trying to 
make sure my orange tank top matches my orange Nikes. Sure. Sure. <laughs> um, and I mean, that's, I think a lot of that is just kids figuring out how to, who they are and their personality in a quickly changing world. I mean, the 90s had a lot of cool music and a lot of objectively cool shit going on. Yeah. Between the Barry to me happened when I was a kid. If if this ever, if this fucking recording gets out there and you know between the Barry to me, <laughs> I was growing at my fucking stupid, dumb fucking friend. Oh, I have a Silent Circus CD. It's yeah. kind of weird. Let's check it out. And, under uh, Oath. Under Oath. I mean, God. Of course, the band. Of course, the band was cool. Yeah. I'm glad you remember <laughs> that. I can't even do it. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, but you had a, the skateboard uh, ramp in the backyard. I mean, as, as much as I felt adults were absent, like, there were definitely moments where where there were good memories. Yeah. I mean, there's a couple. I know there are a couple of nights where our friends, we all interact. There's one night I think me, you, Tyler, and your friend all, like, hung out. There's a couple little, like... It was weird though, like, because three years apart is just such an odd. For high school, yeah. yeah. Especially, like, older guys and younger girls. There was. I didn't want. Obviously, didn't want to bring a lot of my male friends around you at yeah. an age where we both were, like, going through puberty. And I think a lot of our conservative upbringing, like, sexualized people so much and said, hey, most people are evil and sexual and it's bad to wear. I think that is part of the reason, even oh, too. One hundred percent. And yeah. I was like blossoming at twelve. You know? We both hit it pretty early, yeah. and that was kind of hard too. We didn't know. We hit it hard and early. I had a lot of facial hair. Like we both looked like adults earlier than some people. And then I think we both, in different stages, really self-medicated with alcohol and and whatever else I did a lot of pills and realizing oh I can black out and not feel any pain is like really exciting like I want to be involved in this sure <laughs> and I remember like seeing pictures of you on your computer like blacked out in front of like your friend's houses and it made me like really worried about you oh. but at the same time like I was trying to do it like safely I guess like still getting to school on time the next day like that's this so is funny I thought I was being safe because it was just booze and, and just alcohol and weed for the most part. Like, I'm sure I, I've tried some other shit, but, uh... Well, me and the girls, we'd always <laughs> save up for, like, a big old Xanax bar, and then we'd all split it and go to the party, and, like, the next morning we'd all try to recount, like, until oh, no. what we, like, remember. Yeah, piece it together. <clears throat> I mean, we always had each other, but, um... Xanax is no joke when you're drinking. It's super dangerous. Yeah, I mean, and having, like, the courage to also try stuff then, like, part of me misses having that courage, because now it's like, you know, I don't think I could try shrooms and not freak out, because back then you just have less to freak out about, I guess. Yeah, I mean, when, when you have all your ducks in a row, and this is, it's so funny when you hear fucking, like people who kind of have everything like and different perspectives I'm like yeah it's just it's it's interesting because yeah I got shit to worry about I can't take hallucinogens and I know people who do and I don't understand it um, 
I like, I mean, I like mushrooms. I love, I like microdosing. You can manage that in, in your, in your day, but I'm a person who has to like live, exist, and pay bills, so. Um, Hazard reported ahead. But being young is, is totally a fun and appropriate time to try. I think that there is, there's, look, <sighs> drugs are a part of human history. There will always be drugs. There are always, as long as there's people like us, there will be drugs. And it takes, if your parents aren't the one who teaches about, teaches you about them, it's your friends. That's where we learn. Our friends, we helped each other in a little, that's an example of a community. And we did that. We, as a community, learned how to do drugs together, had great times, and you and I were safe. The sad fact is that a lot of my friends, for instance, didn't make it in their mid-twenties because they, because as a culture, we don't carry that education on as, as we're adults. We don't say, hey, pot's okay, here's how you do it. Coke's okay, here's how you do it in a social situation when you're old enough and in the right amounts and alcohol, this is how you do it, you know? Like, drinking is a great example. Everyone knows you don't drink six drinks and then immediately get in a car. There's a social dance, song and dance you do you have fun with the, it, it, it's, that's that's culture. The, the rules we all kind of follow to have a good time together safely. Well, and I mean, to me, that's exactly parallel with sex education. Yes. And if not more so. Absolutely. So it's the same instance when I'm running around with older friends, they're telling me about their sexcapades, so that's my guide map. Right. And then you, you find out when you're older that they are like you, just trying to figure it all out. And they don't have, they might have one little piece of the puzzle. They might even have direct experience with that. Like if you give a hand job to somebody or whatever, like that's a piece of this vast thing. But as a young kid, right, you're like, hey, uh, somebody like licked my nipple and I'm an expert at BDS and M now. It's like, you're in middle school. Shut the fuck up. Well, that's the thing. Like kinks are even like when you're exploring, like I don't remember, obviously kinks were not introduced. It was just like getting, hitting all the bases as fast as you could. Because if you didn't, you're uh, a prude. But then if you do too much, you're a slut. And that's exactly, I mean, when I, when I gave my first blowjob, seventh grade over summer, first day, eighth grade, I was Anna the slut that so-and-so and all my <clears throat> friends who were in eighth grade the year before, now they were all in high school and couldn't defend me. So that's what I was known for my last year in middle school. And it was like, I, I enjoyed it. I did it with a guy I liked and I, it sucked that I couldn't feel... I think I was empowered, like, alone about it in my thoughts, but it was just really embarrassing, and it just shows the, the stigma entirely, because sure. I'm sure at any party, any guy in eighth grade would have been happy to... I'm sure. I, yes, I could... I and it wasn't even a blowjob. I just licked it. Oh, gross. Yeah. Well, you know... <laughs> Sucks for that guy. <laughs> no, he probably thought it was a blowjob, oh, too. <laughs> at that time, yeah, maybe. Wow. So looking back, I mean, yeah, that's that's that sucks because that's, I think, the culture we live in is one thing you can blame for your pain back then. Because, yeah. you know, it probably came from a bunch of other fucking people who want to 
do shit like that and figure it out, but they just feel ashamed for some way. It's the same reason guys are worried about, like, fingers up their ass. I, too, have this weird, like, barrier where I'm like, I don't want to put stuff up my ass. For the, I don't morally disagree with it. I don't, like, physically, I have, like, a butthole that stuff comes out of. I'm sure stuff physically, it's fun. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's no... It's all, for me, and it's just lingering scars of, like, this culture and being worried about saying, like, yeah, I let somebody put stuff up my butt. That being said, like, everyone is different, too, and, you know, your tolerances for whatever, like... Well, I feel, you know, we write these signs on one of my Instagram's accounts, like, you know, like, the guy with the sign Instagram, so we make, like, sexual parodies of them, like queef as loud as you can or um, go get tested and we were trying to think of one about that exact topic like why won't men let me touch their butthole but then you have to think like oh people are going to take that as non-consensual so then we made it like butt play can be for everyone with consent and it's obviously the same we have the same anatomy um, and you wouldn't feel that way unless society told you that and it's obvious because animals do it etc it's it's uh i'm trying to recall where this came from but essentially the thought goes that uh it's like demasculinity anything in okay i'll i'll pull it out of there it's is it the woman is it the it's anything that anytime a man does something that can be it's toxic masculinity is when um, men do anything like a woman um, and for example like I don't know like sewing or cleaning. like toxic toxic masculinity is so bad there's so much fear of doing just yeah like and you can see it in our society everywhere where like sewing is, a, is an easy clean G rated example if I'm a man who cross stitches or sews that is seen as a woman womanly thing it's or like gymnastics like we did gymnastics together when we were yeah like, and I loved it I think dad was I have this vague memory of him being pretty like callous towards it because yeah. his son, his firstborn son didn't like baseball he liked gymnastics I fucking loved gymnastics I was really good at it I wish I had stayed around well do you think females have a responsibility to destigmatize the butthole um, so if, again, if this is ever like sent to the world, like I, as a cis white man, um, don't have a lot to say about the responsibility of women to change the world. I think that's a great answer. Um, everybody, and this is what I talk to you about so, so much is like head in the sand kind of thinking you're, you're awake, you're alive, you're in the world. It's I don't want to say it's like you're at work, but when you're clocked into the world, when you exist here, you have, you don't get to put your head in the sand. That that's, That is privilege. That's called privilege is when you get to put your head in the sand and say, I don't want to think about it. It's too much. Damn um, it. That's me this morning when we were talking politics. But, <laughs> I'll hey, be the first to admit. And you know what? That's ex- It's important to recognize. Always carry in case there's cake. Bladesforbabes.com products are intended to protect you while also being cute as fuck. Whether you just started your collection or just need something pretty to open your packages with, we have something in store for you. 
Handpackaged by my stellar team, we infuse every knife order with bad bitch vibes guaranteed. Stay safe and sexy at bladesforbabes.com. Once upon a time, I was more racist than I am now. And I say I am now because I, I, I'm a person, a white person, trying desperately to learn and grow and be better. And I can't help but... Like that, that, that's a part, a comp, when you learn more about racism, the more, the deeper down the rabbit hole you go and learn more, it's like, the worst thing I can say is that I'm not racist. The worst thing I can say is that I am, uh, I'm one of the good guys. I'm not like the other ones. No, I am a man. I'm a white man and I have a responsibility to the world to do better than my forefathers. That's what I'd say to your, your answer your question. I agree. There's a really great book, how to like teach yourself to unlearn like natural racism pretty much and it's more than just not being racist it's about being an ally to that community and unlearning these toxic traits in our families and teaching them to other people but I, rem- I remember um, reading a lot about like you can't it's not just I'm not racist you, you have to go it's like a, I don't know how to explain it it's not when I was a kid I remember discovering what the N-word meant, discovering that it was offensive, and discovering that it was in music, and mom kicked me out of the car once for saying it out loud, and I didn't understand what all that meant, and I'm so glad I learned about it, because that's something I would never choose to say anymore, and that's a pretty small, insignificant little step in the scheme of things, you Yeah, know? I mean, I had the Ten Crack Commandments on my wall my room and and we were two little white kids in suburbia yeah, and I like I had black friends and we would sing songs and we would say it together and because no one ever called me out I thought it was okay and the middle school I went to had more black people so it I never even realized because the black community didn't tell me otherwise and, and you know, here's the thing, though. They aren't the black community. They are. They technically, you could say, they're part of it because they, they. But those individuals, it's not their responsibility, right? It's true. It's absolutely not their responsibility. And that's it's when you, when you true. ask what could what do I think women should do for that? No, no. I think what I as a white man should do is learn about feminism and listen I think the best thing we could do and what, what women choose to do about feminism I'm a little more interested to hear what they have to say for me it's to listen okay so if I direct the question in my eyes I think it's more of I have a responsibility with a sex education platform to help people just widen their eyes to the possibility of pleasure and it's not you have to try everything but it's like hey, here's a spout of knowledge that, you know, you enjoy sex, but there's also these 10 other different ways to have sex, and the orgasm you have isn't just one way to orgasm, and you can orgasm even longer, or, you know, in in different ways, or um, X, Y, and Z. So to me, I feel like it's like my duty to help the world find more pleasure, especially in the bubble. Sure, sure, and I think that's a beautiful thing. Coming from someone who doesn't do anal. <laughs> okay. I am not an anal queen. I say it all the time, but 
if you're anything like me, you're probably not an anal I'm just, cavity. It's not. It's and I'll tell you know I, I was with somebody for three years who would like pinch my nipples and she would do it really quick and kind of to like either get my attention or to fuck with me and I really uh, it's I don't want to say traumatizing but there's um, I've been conditioned to really like tense up and I don't like yeah. that sensation so I think. If there's foreplay, then you both have an understanding of what you're leading up to sure. consensually. So, you know, I I empathize with that feeling you had because if I had brought that same feeling upon someone, you know, they'd probably been like, oh, whatever, just don't do it again. But it's also not talked about from the male perspective and... You know, there's part of society that's like, do all these freaky kinks. You see it on, you know, movies all the time. Or, you know, it's um, generalized as being sexy when you do anal and stuff. And so perhaps, like, sometimes women might push the edge thinking that's, like, the type of acting they need to do during sex, possibly. And there are repercussions for men having those feelings and then they don't feel comfortable Man, sharing those either. The funniest, if any, again, if this gets out there and anybody listens it's to Letter... It's Okay, if anybody <laughs> listens to Letter Kitty, or sorry, sorry watches Letter Kitty, there's a great little mini, or little clip where they're talking about anal and, and vaginal sex, and, you know, it's just, one's like a hot dog bun, and one's like a donut hole, and it personally, I just thought, I thought it was funny, because it was like, yeah, I never really got... Wait, I've tried the hot dog? The, the hot dogs, it, it's supposed to represent that, like, in vaginal sex, there's the whole... It, and I've, I've done both. It feels like uh, your entire shaft is stimulated versus an anal where there's one ring of Whoa, of I've never heard this. Can you explain? Because I really want to know what anal feels like for a guy. Because, like, in my head, I'm like, why do you want to put your dick in a shitter? Well, okay, so no, I've never received anal. And I've, you know, I'm a heterosexual person. And so, like, I've... That's my scope. Whatever. Um, as far as that goes, like the times I've tried it with someone, it wasn't intense. There, you know, I think we, we used lube, and they it was, might have done it before. So I think so, and it, it was all yeah, nothing crazy. You know, nobody was like upset, and nobody was crying. It didn't it was take fine. an hour. <laughs> didn't take an hour. Nobody was hurt. Everything's fine. Um, write a few poems in but, between. <laughs> No, it just, it, it, it felt like there was just a ring of pressure versus the whole hot dog bun. versus the whole, like when you're inside someone, it feels like your entire shaft is like, hugged. you know, no hugged. sure. That's a way to think of it, I guess. So I, I feel like some people think like, oh, well, if you're loose, they want it in your butthole cause it's tighter or something. I don't, I don't really... I don't know. I mean, my, like, sexual experience has been... I've only had, like, maybe four or five partners for about a year, and then it's been, you know, tens of other people on, like, very sporadic. So, uh, I think... I think there's something to be said if you're a dude. Or, well, if you have a penis, and that's your functioning member... 
there's some aspect of variety and new partners that's kind of exciting to me and probably some other people. There's getting to know somebody really deeply and, and like exploring their body. I think that's a different kind of thing. Um, I don't, as far as the anal thing goes, I don't have a lot of experience. I, it's just, it's not super, it wasn't super fun or crazy for me. Some people really like it. So my case reported ahead. I'm just going to pause when she's talking. Um, my experience is, I call it the P-Spot. It has another word that my friends use. God, the, basically the spot between your butt and your walls. I used to call it the grundle because I the, thought it was funny. Yeah, not the grundle. God damn it. Um, but anyways, gooch. the gooch? Gooch. You're gooch. gooch. I, don't I know. think for girls it's the gooch. Um, but there's so many, like, sensations and nerves right there. And I feel that some guys are a lot more comfortable starting there or only staying there. Because <clears throat> if a girl's sucking on your balls already, like, it's just another area of skin. Oh, sure. But it's exciting. Um, I really encourage that as foreplay for that because then you can kind of move towards the, like getting your ass eaten, which is extremely pleasurable. Everybody, I'm a big fan. It's great. Everybody should do it. It's the best. Um, well, we have something in common. No, yeah, 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 yeah. Of course. It's, I'm an adult. You're an adult. Every practicing adult should eat more ass and have their ass eaten. It's have super you cool. had a rusty trombone? Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, and they're great. Um, again, there's... You want to be, it's comfort and consent, uh, consenting is super important. So um, with consent, I've been in a 10 year relationship and we, we know each other's boundaries, etc. I I've never experienced being in a sexual experience and having consent throughout or before, um, things have always developed like naturally and especially 10 years ago, consent was not a hot topic. So have you experienced anything like how is consent discussed or like what are your what's your idea about that because it's always talked about and encouraged but I feel like when people are you know hooking up on tinder it's like, hazard reported ahead try staying present by feeling the seat beneath you alerts on we'll try that so how do you so I think uh Consent, obviously, is, in, like, the most important thing as far as, like, two people engaging in acts between each other. Um, I'm, I've, it's like a, the definition of the word is more tempered, and I fully understand it. Okay, yeah, like, I think most people, every, everybody understands consent, especially when you're on the opposite side receiving attention you don't want. Do I have time for a quick story time? Is that okay? Yeah. To an hour and 45 minutes. When uh, I was 23, me and a buddy, were, uh, he said, hey, come with me. We're picking up some blow. I said, okay. Um, I never got this stuff, but I mean, you know, if people were around me doing it, I'd go with them. And we, it, it, you know, whatever. I'm like 24 trying new things. So we go to this bar. It's an old CD bar. And apparently it's like the local old man gay bar, which is cool. Nothing against that. But it's like 12 at night or 12.30 on a Saturday. It's uh, the outskirts of town. It's on Central Avenue. And What's the, do you remember what it's called? I think. Uh, it was called like Grand Central. Oh. Grand Central Station. Uh, and 
so I'm sitting, he's like, wait outside, or, or like, I'm no. like, I'm gonna get a drink, um, huh? who said wait outside? This guy, we'll call him Bill, um, I go inside, get a drink, I'm like, Bill, go do your shit, cause I don't wanna like, I don't, I don't care enough cocaine about cocaine man. Yeah, I don't wanna deal with all this shit, like, I just wanna do a bump with you and laugh and like, you know, go fuck around, you, you know, yeah. fun like, times. Go handle your business. Go handle your business. So I sit outside with like, I think a whiskey Coke cause I thought it was cool. And three, uh, older gentlemen came and sat at the table. No, 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 no. Yeah. Well, There's I a little boy. Exactly. <laughs> with his Jack and Coke. With a Jack and Coke. No, 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 no. He's all alone. All alone. He's all alone. <laughs> and so they sat down and I had never felt so like gross and nervous cause they were telling me I was like attractive and they were like, what are you doing? Like, are you gay? And again, nothing to do with am I or my orientation, but at the time, this is also what the early 2000s. So I, I just hadn't at that time even known enough, like gay people to understand, like it was just, it was a scary situation. I didn't understand what was going on and I didn't like it. I felt uncomfortable. Um, so after we left, you know, I'm fine, but I'll never forget that day. And that's when I learned about consent from that day forward. I feel like I tried, I started learning how to be a better feminist, um, because I never wanted to make someone feel uncomfortable. Now, have I made stupid decisions in the past that were like fueled by like adrenaline and being horny and said like weird shit oh man I've been drunk and sent some awful texts never sent a dick pic which I'm proud of but like definitely I don't know but um, I've never like I've hit on plenty of girls drunk and that's when I've crossed lines that now I recognize is really shitty and even then probably was like uh, hopefully this isn't weird it's like you should have just swapped the word weird for you're being you're you're trying to come like and get into their personal life without their consent by being manipulative or, or playing some kind of card of like I'm cool or I'm grumpy or I'm sad whatever you know guys have probably done that to you like why don't you text me back because uh, you're a bitch or you know you whatever um, well like okay so like with t- a tinder hookup or whatever like is it just kind of like, I've never experienced Tinder except, like, maybe for threesomes, but is there, like, a code when you're talking, like, we're gonna have, we're gonna do it tonight, or is it... Oh, God. I well, mean, if you can give me Tinder advice, uh, I'll hear it, because I am terrible, but as far as, like, if I'm out of the bar and I meet somebody who, like... Well, first of all, it's, that's the, the at least for me, my, my biggest hurdle is... I have trouble just going to somebody and saying, hey, I think you're attractive, what's up? Because to me, that feels so unnatural and so not normal, you know? I don't like going up to strangers and saying, hey, I think you're hot. Because I'm like a five foot ten fucking white dude. Like, who the fuck wants to talk to me right now? Nobody knows me. I don't know them. And nine out of ten, like, I don't know Police a lot of women who... Ahead. Get off work and want to get hit on in the morning. So, if I'm talking, if I happen to just talk to someone, say, "Oh, like you know, you have a band T-shirt I like," or just some natural thing, if the conversation goes well, 
you know at some point. I think body language and, and eventually you say, hey, do you, you know, do you want to go to your house or mine? I guess that's how it plays out with me. I guess if it's something I want to encourage people to do, I try to, I don't have the experience to explain how to unravel that, but I think as long as it's being talked about and recognized as important, you know, like is it talked about when you bring a condom out and then I feel like everyone I know like doesn't even use condoms. Like, I, no I don't use condoms or... almost ever, um, honestly. And I, I do get tested, but yeah. that's not as regular as I probably should. But I've... it goes back to sex education. You know, it's, it's like you only get tested if you're a porn star or, you know, your condoms make it... What the fucking quote of the years, I don't want to use a condom because it feels good. Like, right. So, and to that I would say, you know, our healthcare sucks and public healthcare could be better if there were places where young people could get condoms if they were more normalized and just sex in general was more normalized in culture. It would be safer. It's statistic. It's over and over statistically proven that better sex education, better access to sexual prevention, or like uh, pregnancy preventative measures, like all those things, statistically always help people and help women specifically. So, obviously, like big fan of that shit needs to be more uh, accessible, promoted more, normalized. You're, that's where your power is in a big way is to say, hey, this is normal. We need to treat this as a health thing, not a stigma. Not a, you know. Right. Do you remember the first porn you watched? Um, I think I, the first, like, boob I saw on a screen was Titanic. I think we got the internet in the mail, Howard Stern. Really? Um, you watched Howard Stern? I watched Howard Stern all the fucking time. I would sneak out of bed and watch Howard Stern constantly. Really? And that's how I... I kind of learned about um, sex a little bit. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, a lot of my sex education came from Howard Stern. Uh, Shout out to Howard Stern. You're the man. And I've told you this before, but the first porn I watched was the one on your computer with um, Pam. Pamela Anderson. Yeah, where they're on a boat. Wonderful. It made me feel so weird. Like, that that feeling even when you just go, like, you're going to watch porn. It's just that, like, little twist in your gut that feels good <laughs> but feels bad it's a it's a weird shift mentally when you're like yep I am going into this mental realm uh, well you're welcome so I had to probably bear share download that and screw up the whole family's it internet it was bear share yeah I was a master yeah, I mean I remember in the white house I must have been I mean you must have been 12 when they dad saw the search history in playboy.com yep and I remember it was like disgraceful oh I was shamed beyond belief um and yeah that like oh my god I mean you know (laughs) so many cans of worms opened like that one experience so uh I can't think of the word it just it, it predicated so much yeah um, I knew that sex was like fun and cool and I just wanted to experience it. It looked really neat. I think for me watching it, it looked so unnatural and 
aggressive and painful for the woman. Like, it definitely was just that generic, like, pound, pound, pound. Oh, yeah. You know, and I was, I'm like, oh, my God, this is what guys like. Like, this is... It, it made me feel scared to, like, I definitely wasn't... I, I never even masturbated till, like, 18 or 19. Like, I didn't uh-huh. even... Like, girls were humping their stuffed animals or the couch or using their fingers. And I, like, I, you couldn't Google that, you know? Right. Like, beginner stuff. All I saw was this, like, pound town stuff and just kind of put my head down and allowed sexual experiences just to unfold without any intention, desire, just pretty much being a prop because that, the alternative would, was kind of uncomfortable and having a mom who waited till marriage and was very anti-sex, I had that infused with me that it shouldn't be enjoyable. Um, so yeah, that was weird, man. We had one parent who was super into... Sorry to cut you off. No, you're good. We had one parent who was super... He loved sex, wanted sex all the time, but couldn't, like, have it because he was a fucking loser. Um, and then we have another parent. It's like he, he was against it ethically, but he wanted all the spoils of, in his version, sin. Like, he wanted to sin, but he was, spoke against it. And then our mom was just like, it's bad and scary. So we have this two horrible perspectives from adults teaching us about this. Um, Not a good time. My kinky cannabis queens, come get your freak on and shop the first adult head shop on the internet. Thehornystoner.com offers the glassware of your dreams. From beginner vibrators to expert anal trainers, enhance your self-pleasure journey. Are you a pothead princess? Wrap yourself in luxury with the gold rolling papers, vintage ashtrays, and stash jars fit for a queen. Make your pussy proud and support your local dildo dealer at thehornystoner.com. Now back to the show. So then, like, then that's when I moved on to women because then I felt safe and it was kind of nice to feel dominant with a woman emotionally and mentally um, because it was something different for me. But I, I find it so interesting when teenagers or, you know, kids are masturbating and I'm just like, I wish I could have had that sexual outlet to, to learn the important part being involved in, in sex. Um, so it, it took a while. Um, and again, there's no education. Like, they don't say you should masturbate before you have sex. And I think, like, selling toys, I try to reiterate so much. Like, you need to love yourself before you love anyone else. You need to learn how, you know, to come on your own so that you kind of can anticipate what's to come and actually know that it can be enjoyable know what you like so you can tell your partner and then well let me just jump in if I can again yeah I, I didn't I, have, that was going nowhere no it's fine I'm kind of, I, I definitely don't want to keep cutting you off by any means but <laughs> that reminds me that you know I'll say this about my first girlfriend you remember her and she was great we'll just call I can't Sally Sally's great Spring is in the air, lovelies, and with it comes a fresh wave of energy, blossoming flowers, and endless possibilities. 
but you know what puts an extra skip in my step? My fabulous partners at Viahem. Trusted by a whopping 250,000 plus goddesses just like you, Viahem's products are just like a magical wellness wand in a bottle. Feeling a bit frazzled after a hectic day? Cue the Via gummies for instant relaxation. Battling stress and anxiety? Don't worry, there's a gummy for that too. And for those intimate moments, Via has concocted something truly special. High Love Gummies, infused with pleasure-boosting cannabinoids, libido-reviving herbs, and just the right touch of THC, these gummies are your ticket to an electrifying experience between the sheets. But wait, there's more. Via offers an array of other gummies, with or without THC, catering to every goddess's needs. Whether you prefer a subtle 2mg dose or a bolder 50mg kick, Via has your back. From improving sleep to sharpening focus or aiding in recovery, there's a gummy for every occasion. And the cherry on top? You can easily browse and shop their collection online, categorized by strength and effect. And here's the best part, darling. Via ships discreetly to all 50 states, right to your doorstep. No medical card needed. So go ahead, indulge in a little self-care spree with Via Hemp because you deserve nothing but the best, goddess. Head over to viahemp.com and use code goddess to receive 15% off and one free sample of their award-winning gummies 21 and up only that's viahemp v-i-i-a-h-e-m-p.com and use code goddess at checkout please support our show and tell them we sent you take your passion and pleasure to a whole new level with high love from viahemp now back to the show sally um not a real day, but man, what a sweetheart. We both learned a lot about sex together. And I think of all the like times that I objectified women and sex and like treated the experience as a porno and just was trying to work it out, honestly. It's, uh, it made mistakes along the way. Figure out how to get comfortable with what you see. With Sally, like we both would try things she would say yes or no and I would you know we both like we didn't learn everything about sex together but the the beginning of it we both learned together and um I mean really, I would yeah. call that privileged <laughs> you think so why because I have I mean to me that's like the desired experience to like be with someone you love oh yeah we were lucky you know we lost our virginity to each other and yeah we loved each other I, I would I mean like puppy love we were kids um but it was you know uh, it, it look I don't think it's okay for kids that age to do what we did I wish I had waited another two years uh or longer because you know whatever uh, because I'm an adult now and I think like I did start being sexual pretty early but I will say we treated each other pretty well and I think we were kind to each other and it's a sweet little like spring pond for us to our, our little experiment to grow and it you know we, we I think if we ever were in the same room it would be nothing but fond fondness well I definitely envy that Well, you got one now, right? I mean, haven't you and your current yeah. partner worked together over some pretty serious stuff? 
work through it? Yeah, it's, I think when I had started therapy and was going through the story of my life, I didn't realize that my first time wasn't consensual until she asked me questions about it. So 15 years later, trying to reevaluate what happened is sometimes keeps me up at night and trying to like be easy on myself but also knowing like that's with me forever yeah I know it's it sucks especially like when you love someone and you think okay I have to do this because I love them and it's not the R word if you're dating right well I mean no uh, I mean, if technically, no. I mean, you can definitely... That's back to the consensual thing anytime, even in a marriage. I mean, if if no matter if you are in love and you have had beautiful, like, happy days since the day you met this person, if I'm married to someone and they say, not today, and I say, oh, yes, today, that is absolutely yeah. great. And that is absolutely never okay. And it can happen. And in fact, there are... Relig- religious institutions are set up the way they are to allow for certain things like that without consequence. Um, because they're married. That's for centuries that's been allowed throughout history because of the title of marriage, which is a lot of horseshit. So, I mean, I even some of my friends are like, you know, they wake up in the middle of the night and they want to and I don't want to and I just kind of grit through it or there's like the halfway point where it starts to hurt and you're having to again grit through it and you should be allowed to want to stop yes. even midway but it's like give me blue balls well that should never yeah and that should that, like bitch I'm not gonna come anyways <laughs> it should never yeah it should never come to that point like you know, I mean if it does hurt you should feel 100% comfortable to say hey I want to stop and if not that should be addressed it's not healthy well, I was drunk the other night, probably four weeks ago, and I'm sure, I don't know if you ever, like, I never scroll through Facebook, I'm not on Facebook, but every now and then you want to, like, see what someone's doing and or possibly reach out to them. So, I had the nerve to go to the guy's profile who I lost my virginity to, and I saw that he wasn't active since, like, 2012, so I contacted his best friend, who was actually, like, a good friend of mine, and I remember moments where he made me feel safe, or would kind of keep me under his wing when we were at, like, college parties, and my guy was too drunk to function, um, so it was like, hey, like, can you get in contact with him, I want to talk to him, because I was, I was ready to not confront him, but just, like, hey just so you know you probably don't remember what happened but this is what you did I'm passing the torch of ownership to you and it was something I needed to do so I feel like there's certain people in my life who I have to get that resolution and that closure with come to find out he went to jail for selling heroin and he hadn't heard from him in such a long time he was like he's probably dead And I had this moment of anger because I wanted him to know before he died, like, that the prettiest thing you ever got in your life, you just flushed it down the toilet. 
and now I don't get to have that chance but on the latter it's like am I glad that he's possibly dead is that like can I find joy in that not really and now his best friend will stop fucking messaging me and it's just um I know that story is just beats through so many young women yeah it's just entirely too normal when you're wanting to experiment you know, you're in these positions and people be like, oh, you put yourself in that position or you were drunk and slutty at a party. But so many of us, even if we were blacked out, even if we were in a relationship, you don't even have the courage to, you know, I'm not ready or this is the wrong time. You know, you don't want to look like a prude or something. Um, so it's, it's just a extremely painful and... I again last week I had an old friend reach out to me who shared an experience with me apparently they blacked out and they were like hey it's been kind of haunting me I'm going through the reel of my life and trying to piece things together that keep me up at night and thank god you know it took her 10 minutes to the dot 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 messaging me and I'm like what's wrong what's she gonna say and once I saw that I was like thank god we had an amazing night when we got home we were so drunk we were laughing watching cartoons and like uh just passed out and I remember this because in the morning I was almost like disheartened that we didn't get to hook up because I really really liked her yeah never hooked up after that because I moved but um you know I was like look I can give you as much detail as you want but this is what happened and I definitely, you know, I gave her what she asked for, but it also made me really understand how many people that are that are close to me that may or may not be piecing together traumatic experiences, and a lot of our coping mechanisms are to block it out, to self-medicate, um, yeah. hurt yourself, do it to other people. So it was it was a weird sequence of events. Um, it, it just it made me feel um, connected to her, but also really sorry, wondering if if I was just one of the many um, experiences. So you know, it's it's like that. I was kind of mentioning at one point there was I was with somebody and they uh, she was trying to choke me while we were doing you know sexy time doing and, sex uh, doing sex and uh, I didn't like it. I said, "Hey, uh, I'm not into this," and she stopped. I think that's an example of somebody trying something uh, kind of within the lines and it was between a consenting person and we were sober enough to like know what was going on and all the things, right? So it's, it's, there's so many people want to like boil things down to like three easy steps or yes or no or, or black or white. As far as sexuality, it's complicated with people, um, you know. It's something my my roommate has taught me a lot about. He's an incredible man. He's super kind. He treats... There's not a single woman on earth he hasn't treated with, like, enormous respect. Um, and the ladies love him. I mean, he's... He, he can get it. He can get it if he wants to. Uh, but he's taught me a lot about how... He can get it. He can get it. He's just a... He's a great man. And he... He Shout understands... Out Tony! Tony! Your consent game is fantastic. So, uh, and it makes everything better. Like, you don't want to, like... So choking, like, almost was a trend, you know? Like, 
I feel like when I first started selling clothes, there was this like kinky niche community that was like subdom, like kawaii, kitten tails. Like it was always around, but I guess I was. It um, comes and goes. Seeing like it, you know, choke me, daddy, walk me on a leash. Sure. Um, so my first experience with choking was very enjoyable, but also knowing that my partner knew where to choke, which I encourage anyone to look into because you never want to stop where, where like the vocal cords are or something. Like there's just a position yeah. that is uh, not you push up not too painful. Easy. Yeah. Um, so you definitely want to do it safely if you don't know what you're doing and that's a fucking problem. Um, but I realized with orgasm, when you're constricting the blood flow, it heightens that orgasm and it can be very enjoyable. And I think, what is it? Auto asphyxiation. Yes, auto erotic asphyxiation. Auto erotic asphyxiation. Auto erotic asphyxiation. Auto erotic asphyxiation. Yes, lovely. Uh, so, um, I then I, it all came together. This is why I've seen in movies guys like putting themselves in a noose, jacking off, and some people fuck up and die that way. Sure. Which is scary, but the science behind orgasming in that way is interesting and I have like these aerial silks in my house and one time I masturbated on like laying in the aerial silks my head was kind of tilted back so the blood flow was going to my head instead of my coochie and it was a totally different type of um exert exertion experience of energy okay Ex excursion no exertion 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 with words. So that was, you know, again, just dabbling around um, and having sex tools is, is really cool and important. And I don't know if, if you've experienced a girlfriend that was like way uber into toys or bought your own. Nothing crazy. It's always been just a little dabbling. And um, that's another thing where I think I am, I don't want to say disadvantaged, but I haven't had very long relationships. They've only been like a year if it if it's been solid it's been about a year so that's in my life I just haven't been comfortable enough with people to really get into that and I think a lot of that is uh again like if it matters like as I think just the, if you're a I don't want any sympathy for the straight white guys because we don't fucking need anything but just for men in general we're humans too like everybody people are people we're different we're complicated there's not it's a spectrum right like gender and, and and sexuality is all on a spectrum so with that being said i am getting more comfortable in the world with who i am on a spectrum and i think i'm learning how to be comfortable with my partner because i care because i'm trying to my theme of of this year is get your head out of the sand and exist and live you know so as a as a i've was raised as a heterosexual, like conservative male. And again, with one of my like close friends, I've learned about the spectrum of uh, sexuality. And now I can confidently say like, Oh, that's an extremely handsome man. Or like, Oh man, woo, look at that. And not feel guilty or ashamed. It's just a fact. That's my perception. I'm just a human. So, uh, yeah, I mean, beauty is beauty in anything. Um, and then that boils down to gender as well. Like, 
this is pretty, this is not, this is right, this is wrong. Sure. I like that uh, there are, there are uh, young people that uh, present themselves in a way that you don't you don't get the privilege of automatically saying you're a male or a female or whatever. I love the androgyny. I think it belongs in society to have people who move between because um, that's so normal to me. Do See, you feel like I've had a bit of androgyny? I think you are... Um, you have the, the wisdom of experience. I haven't had... I mean... Uh, almost almost zero uh, experiences with my own gender sexually um, it just so far I haven't it's either I haven't learned enough about it to really get like feel confident and brave or I just am like the blend of, like I am just whatever like again still learning about myself so far not that interesting <laughs> that's basically like how I see it I'm very attracted to women um, I've been attracted to men, but almost it's just like a passing thing. It's never been the, any other thoughts forward are like, yeah. And there's something, um, there's a, there's a part of your brain and I'm, I'm sure smarter people know the details to this, but there's part of your brain that when you look, think about gross things, quote unquote, gross things, like let's talk about like, like vomit, vomit's gross, right? To me, when I see it, when I smell it, when I think about it, ew, um, and there's definitely niche areas of sexuality where that's like, that's something that's part of the, part of the deal. Um, everybody has, let me try this again. If you're like in a conservative religion, homosexuality really pings that part of your brain that sees something unfamiliar. It's the unfamiliarity that it can be really nauseating to some people. Truly. Like some of those conservative religious people actually physically are grossed out by some thoughts of things that are so different than what they know. Mm -hmm. They just can't stomach the thought. That's, they really physically feel like that. Their nerves are doing that. But uh, it's because that thought is so foreign to them. So that's what I'm, I'm trying to say is for me, maybe I just haven't been around enough like homosexual culture for me to like embrace that part of me. However much of it exists, I'm trying to feel comfortable exploring and, and trying to just knock the idea of a gender thing down. Cause I, I realize the way I talk, I, I still compartmentalize people. It doesn't seem necessary anymore because it's a mod it's like sci-fi fucking movies you know there's androgyny and shit all the time there's dudes with tits and who fucking care it doesn't matter um and i would call everyone a liar if they haven't seen uh chick with the dick porn at least once in their lives it's well, there you've you've it, it's happened somebody stumbled upon it if you're listening fucker i know you've seen it just well, once even i i mean when i discovered futanari porn it's girls with these giant fake dicks that come load after load and yeah, seen I mean, it before yeah so I was like oh I like two girls like jacking each other off it's very interesting it's taboo not sure why it turns me on but I'll roll with it and then I transitioned into like trans porn and really enjoyed it and it made me realize um, almost immediately like not only am I attracted to men and women but 
in between two, like a man transitioning to a woman and, and vice versa, or if they d are non-gendered, um, I, I find, I just find if not even more beauty in their, yeah. um, courage to be themselves. That's like one of the most attractive qualities. For um, sure. Someone asked me on my Insta yesterday, like, would you ever date a Mexican? And I'm like, I date people. Yeah. Not that I'm even dating, but... Right. Um, and then the next question was like, would you fuck a fan? <laughs> Calm down. Horny jail. <laughs> horny jail. Go to horny jail. But before all this, you know, trans porn and whatnot, I really, really enjoy gay porn, like guy-on-guy -guy gay porn and, you know, like interracial porn and all these things that, again, you're grown up with and maybe it's that, like, vomit factor in your brain, but in my brain it was like, yes, give me more. Well, that's, you know, that's, it, since you say it like that, yeah, if I, you know, when you look up porn, you get a bunch of different windows. I mean, I sound like a fucking grandpa right now, but, you know, you get all these different windows, Genres, right? And so, yeah. Um, back in the day, like, it was, I guess it was kind of progressive. Yeah. They usually had, like, a gay option somewhere. Yeah, it would, wait, it would be like, um... Like, I think of your generic like milf, big gay, tits, milf, anal, teen. Yeah, and that's in. And at some point, you'd, you'd hit the dude would be there. Usually, like two cops. strong guys with like sure, two big guys, the handlebar muscle, and it freaked me out. Like, there, it. That's what it did. It, it was like a shocking kind of thing. I'm like, huh. Because uh, there's a part of me that's like the male gaze, right? It's funny because we talk about the male gaze, and I'm one of those guys who's like, oh man, there's a shredded person. Uh, it's not that chicks think it's hot, it's that I think that's hot. And I think that's what the girls think is hot, but it's just a complicated, that's, you know, like okay. you're in society, you grow up. You, and it is objectively like healthy, handsome, healthy people. But in growing up, that was something that. It wasn't exciting. It was, like, scary, I guess. And at parties, if there was a human physical person, that scared me when... I'd, like, play along even sometimes. What, like a macho guy? Well, like... Uh, here's here's a fun thing. Uh, back in the day when I was with my bicycle club, we there was a bunch of dudes like we'd ride around with our vests. What it was, was it called? It was uh, rad, and we, you know, it was like pretending we were on motorcycles, we were on bikes. It was just a bunch of kid punk kids who drank, and we were trash, and we all tried to fuck trashy people. And it was fun. I had a lot of fun. Sounds like fun. We had it really was. We had awesome parties. Uh, the dude who ran it threw awesome parties. To his credit. Long story short, we had a gender bender where the dudes came dressed up in dresses. And at that point, I'm like, fuck yeah, because we were a progressive bunch. We are you know, hip with any type. Because that's the punks. The punks are cool with anybody. Uh, so we as the punks were, you know, uh, that's just good fucking fun, right? All the guys dress up as chicks. All the uh, chicks dress up in fucking suits. We have a great laugh, good time. I was looking good. My caked up ass was shaking around, and uh, a couple of my friends like grabbed my ass, and it didn't feel comfortable, and it was not really? exciting. It was just like icky. It was that same icky feeling I felt at the bar when we were getting cooked all oh, the time. Trigger. I really don't like being treated as an object. I don't like when my girlfriends are like do that middle of the night thing or like a scoot their hat. That's so weird. I'm I like, objectify that. me. Yeah. Well, <laughs> I hate that shit. I hate it. I hate yeah. it, hate it, hate it. I want to be 
um, tangled up with someone. I want the soft, like, there's a desert of that. I don't know if it's me or if it's the, like, people. Do you have that? I mean, here's a question for you, Miss Host. Do you have times with your partner where... I think you're the host of this one. I'm just kidding. I I would... God, that'd be a fun job. What's the question? Uh, Wicked white dude. There's, like, a million of me hosting podcasts. Uh, I think everyone knows you're white by now. That's fine. You're my brother. Yeah, yeah. No mailman babies, but... uh, so my what's the desert? My the fantasy in my head is, and I've had this a few times where there's a deep you're you're embracing like if you're trying to hold somebody, there's a type of holding somebody where you're trying to put your whole skin on their whole skin. You are trying to not necessarily Pancake. be inside them, yeah, but just tied up together. Heavy petting. Heavy petting is oh, that's the best term I've ever heard. I love heavy petting. I guess is that where yeah, you just like it's um I I don't know I don't think it's dry humping but it's just like heavy snuggling yeah and so man here's a fun callback when what's the you asked what was oh some God. of the first porn um, I'm not letting you go in front of me dude you are too scary that yeah, was the final destination yeah. like cross like metal cross yeah. that's on the edge of this the super cross. scary <laughs> sorry guys yeah I'm gonna die on the highway yeah, go get in the fast lane bro. Um, so you asked what was some of the first porn I ever watched and one of them was HBO back in the day would do softcore porn and all it was was two people rubbing around on each other and kissing I liked it I thought it was very tasteful it was very like exciting Um, obviously it's fucking boring but like as a kid I thought it was I think it's from what you said sorry to interrupt that feeling safe makes you feel more enjoyable and open versus the opposite as like yeah. a target you feel closed and tight yes and when it comes to softcore porn it's actually you know technically softcore porn is what normal intimacy is right um some of the most thriving relationships may not even have like what you see as in porn it's really you know s- snuggling and soft sex and lots of kisses and the art of kissing is lost the art of Cuddling. I mean, foreplay is out the window in the majority. I was with someone who didn't like kissing. Well, that's another topic. But as far as the softcore, emotionally, it makes you so relaxed and open that when you do get ready for intercourse, you're that much more attached emotionally, mentally. And for women, it's a huge thing because our brains come, or our orgasm comes from our brains. Guys, it's really, you know, more blood flow going on. But we need that safety. Like candles, you think are not that important, but they make us feel safe. The soft music sounds cliche, but it makes us feel relaxed. The foreplay. You, if you just exude foreplay, don't even give them sex. Give them foreplay, and by at some point, they will feel so safe and comfortable. Then they're throbbing. Then they're begging you because they. I mean, it's like women can just clench that muscle, and they're you know, in their insides because their body's prepared, you know? So I think with softcore, it's very much for me, massage porn is one of my top tier choices because, and not, no fucking, just massage. I like the anonymity anonymity of, you know, of thinking a stranger coming in and just rubbing on you and your eyes are closed, um, but he's making you feel safe and it's delicious and it's light and he might 
touch on your downstairs area, but he doesn't ever touch it. It's just the art of the tease is so long forgotten because we're all focused on getting the sale. And I, th I think people just don't go to the softcore category, but it's so enlightening and beautiful. And for me, if I can watch porn and edge with softcore, it's a lot easier for me to masturbate more frequently because if it's harder porn, each time the porn has to be getting at the same pace. So when it's softer, I can orgasm like before it's even over and where I don't have to fast forward because I know it's kind of like when you're watching porn before they take off their clothes, it's almost even more turns me on more versus sure, sure, sure. Sex, the build up. Yeah, I think, you know, as adults you learn about like I you know, I'm thirty one, so only in the past like five years did I really learn a little or understand what edging was. And back in the day I was like, that's fucking dumb. Why would I ever want to hold back? Um, come to find out that the experience is great and that you just Do you have your phone? Yeah. Um, let's look up the definition of edging because for all my episodes we have a, a fetish of the week. <laughs> and uh, fetish of the week. Down, down, down. Edging. Edging is a method of stretching out how long it takes to reach orgasm for one or both partners. Though it is usually thought of as a technique for men to last longer, anyone can benefit from edging. Partners learn to communicate and completely stop sexual stimulation before orgasm. That's the definition. So some people would say that's torture, but I like I've never experienced that with a partner where you just stop. My brain is like, oh, is that blue balls? But I know there's some religions that do that. I know when you go into Tantra, it's hours of intimate touch and looking into each other's eyes and either, you know, orgasming without sex. Like, it's intense. Like, I'd love to do more research on Tantra. Sure. I say it. Now, here, here's what I'll say to that, man. It's, it's like um, the experience of food. There are lavish meals, there are meals you need to eat to survive, um, there might even be the best meal you've ever had, and you can have a couple that are almost that good, um, but I think it's an experience thing, I think every meal is different, I think every sexual experience is a little different, um, and they are experiences, they are impermanent things, they eventually, all of them become memories and dust, so, like... I think it's foolish to kind of, I don't want to say foolish, but like, let's say you're like a self, like, I know there are people who used to do radio stuff where they like give sex advice and like build their career around it. And I think that's great to empower people. I also don't, I'm trying to be careful about how I say this. I don't think there's a level you reach of awareness and wisdom and experience where you have good sex all the time. I don't think that oh, exists. Where does that exist? Can someone share? I think the closest you can get, and we try it. We're people. We try this with religion and with diets and exercise and our careers. We try to reach, we compare ourselves to other people, try to reach these goals that we see on Instagram or what the fuck ever. The best thing you can do is find the best thing for yourself. So, like, let's say you and, like, let's call it Bill and, and Gene, these two people. Bill was the guy you met at the bar. Okay. Um, 
Sandy and, and okay. Murray. Hold, on. Hold Sandy's thought. Okay. If, you're, if the steak dinner is the best sex you ever had, if you eat steak every night, it's not going to be as good. Right. There's no exact, like, there's no way to learn enough about you or your partner or life. You can't do it in this lifetime to just, it's always going to be good. And I think that's something I wish... All this shit is stuff our parents or somebody teaching us as young kids could have probably helped out. It would have helped. But since we're here, and I'm assuming millennials are on the other end of this, like, we're helping each other. We're teaching teaching each other that sex is okay. It's good for you. I don't know what year the millennials and the Z is. I don't know if I'm in between or not. You're you're a millennial. You're like a... um, but aren't I older? Like, there's a. We're older millennials. It's ninety. It's eighty-five to ninety. Because there's a part of us that half or the early stages we grew up without a phone, so it's like a different life experience because we got that experience without that kind of communication. I'm. It's eighty-five to ninety-five. I think I'm ninety, so I'm a middle, yeah. like just a run-of-the-mill millennial. You're kind of a late, latecomer. So I'm a little more savvy than like the people in the late 80s, right? Yeah, I mean, dude, yes, you used to code. No shade to the code, 80s. No, but you would code MySpace pages, yeah. so you definitely, like, anyway. Dude, there's a girl I work with who, like, parallel as far as, like, just being generically good at everything, but, well, I wasn't good at history, but, like, if she saw a website, she'd be like, oh, I want to learn how to build it, or you know, got an award in graphic design. And it's just really cool to like relate to someone. She's a little bit younger than me, but has that like can do attitude about coding and, you know, just side note, something to be excited about. Like, Oh, you coded HTML too. Yeah. 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 (laughs) But, um, yeah, it's, uh, you know, they, they make you think that sex should be pound town all the time. You should be doing a million positions. Oh boy, let me share about a position. Okay, I have an IUD, so sometimes things are restricted as far as like deepness goes. Sorry, team, I'm trying to make it as educational as possible. Well, this is um, part of it. We should, we're, it's just, it's human stuff. I don't care. You're an adult. We well, have sex with you know, family. the reason they have those sex cushions is to get a woman's hips up so right. that when it's in there, it's, it has a, um, a clear entryway. And it's, Allegedly. I don't think sex is real, but if, if everything true. you're saying, you know, it's probably a yeah. conspiracy. There's just, like, if you move your hips forward or back, there's an area where it's it, it feels like it's not pinching, maybe pinching, I don't know. Anyways, the pillow's great, but I don't like pulling out the sex pillow that's purple. You, you know, you know, and then, you know, and then I'm like, well, let me just grab a regular pillow. And they're like, wait, let me put another pillow. Anyways. So I got my three positions. It's kind of like if your legs are on someone's shoulders, but then you shift them to the side. So now your legs are like over the side of their butt. You're kind of like turned to the side in a way. Anyways, my, I was, it was just like turning my clock three hours to the left. And all of a sudden 
the ratio of hip to whatever. <laughs> like, just but, wasn't working. No, it was actually incredible. I oh. felt like my vagina extended two feet. Oh. And all of a sudden, I was like, oh, I didn't know I was capable of this. I always assumed I was shallow and couldn't, you know, enjoy Pound Town. And here I am, like experiencing this thing even after being with someone for so long and it, it just I can't tell you how memorable that moment was as you get older and when you're safe and comfortable you reach those different um, heights but then after I enjoyed that the next time it was kind of like okay let's figure out how to get there again I want to keep exploring um, and then it kind of evolved into realizing that if as a woman I don't think we're we're told to hump like men do like men kind of do all the humping so then I kind of experienced with like dry humping against them instead of the alternative and then I experienced this entirely new situation because of the way my body was contorted and now like myself doing the motion of the ocean and we call we call it ugly sex because literally I don't want you to imagine me humping. I'm not. But imagine yourself and the girl's humping all over you, and she is just not caring about her tits being up. She is just grunting and just like vigorously having a seizure on you. A and, wild animal. Yeah, and to me, I found joy that he found that attractive. Like, oh shit, she is getting her pie, and I am valuable. Now. <laughs> If there's ever something you said that was awful, was it is it getting your pie. And I I will never forget the nasty time I heard you say getting your pie. What's nasty about it's that? It's just funny. It's not. Well, I meant saying getting your cake. I Whatever. Uh, it's just a funny choice. Come get your pie. But it was, you know, I went to work and told everyone about it. I was like, I am an aggressive humper and I love it and I can't wait to go home and do it again and it made me actually have a new desire for having a ribeye instead of a salad? No, a d- different steak. Oh, instead no. of a New York strip. Hamburger like, meat. Anyways. So, uh, one thing, I think the sole reason, you know that toxic, well, I don't, let me rephrase that because it wasn't, uh, the relationship I most recently had, right? It went on and off for about three years. You remember that one? So, I think the one thing that locked us together was a, a similar, I, I, if anyone's, if, listen, this is the move. I, the man, laid back on my back as lazy as could be. She uh, saddled me, and I just grabbed her hips and pushed back and pulled forward, and that's it. And I swear to God. So who told you that? We just figured it out, and it worked like see, clockwork that, that is every time. The OG, get your girl. To it was great. First. And she wouldn't. She would. It would happen. It would. And for me, Did I she was, like convulse. Yeah, it, it, it was great. Everybody was happy. Even when you get a little softer when you're laid down, it actually like helps sometimes. Again, I don't think sex is real, but a, let's hypothetically. 
What? It's a big conspiracy. Like, birds, birds aren't real. Um, Sexes are real. No, but I'm really happy you said that because my first true internal orgasm was that move. There you go. So it actually became increasingly difficult to achieve an orgasm that way because I would try so hard and I realized it had a lot to do with how hard it was during that motion. Um, but it's an incredible. I wish every guy was born with that or if they taught that in school. Or, or their fathers just taught their sons or, or what, however, like, but parents taught their kids, like, and I think there's some level of, like, I'm pretty sure I didn't want my dad being like, hey, this is how you, you know, ass fuck somebody. Like, I, I don't know how I would have handled that, but I'm sure. Or even if he was like, hey, here's a safe website that I have approved. Sure, <laughs> sure. I, again, I think that's a step, yes. Something like that. Uh, not blaming, yeah. again, I... We're, we're two people. No, it's for it's the whole fucking. It's the experience world. of being a human. You learn about sex. It's always awkward. It's always weird, um, and you can try to minimize that. But by doing so, you minimize the experience. It's the same with camping. If you fucking go out glamping, you losers. If you're glamping, oh God, I would love to glamp. Man, gl- okay, glamping's fine. It's just, you know, there's a great example. Glamping is like the first time you have sex or like a hand job in the movie theater. Something a little adventurous, something a little crazy, and you get a taste for it. And then Glamping's you raw dog like nature. putting whipped cream on a guy's dick. Yeah. Ooh. <laughs> um. So have you had any really bad experiences that are kind of like funny and not nothing Sexually? Like, yeah, nothing traumatic. Oh, God, but. tons. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. I'd have to kind of flip through the file for a second, but um, there was. I love high sex. High sex is cool. When you smoke weed, yes. and I feel like it helps you be more intimate. I think there's a type of weed. There's probably a time and place. Um, it depends. Um, one of the funnier. Because um, it heightens your senses, you know. I would. We were at Myrtle Beach with two other couples, and her and I like watched our friend. We were just hammered, and our friends got in a fight. The chick punched her boyfriend like directly in the face, threw his like wheelbarrow full of beach shit over the parking lot wall. It was a loud fight, and I think me me and the lady at the time we were kind of drunk when we were around the corner and uh, just fucked each other in a parking lot. while our friends were like 10 feet away screaming at each other. And then we went back and got more hammered. It was a really good time. Uh, I have a lot of stuff like that. You know what I mean? Like just having weird little... sex in a room with other people having sex is interesting. It is interesting. It is. I guess I got nothing like too wild off the top of my head. I... Uh, threesomes? Yeah, a couple of those. No orgies. A couple threesomes. A couple times where my partner and I were in the same room as some other people. Um, but nothing like... Sex on acid? Never. That sounds terrifying. Uh, my inhibitions are just... I don't want to do anything uh, if I'm that kind of fucked up. But... feel different like you don't belong well come join the Balian gang if you've ever wondered what's actually at the end of the rainbow it's alienoutfitters.com their goal is to accent your individuality and provide a secret style source for a unique species on their planet you will find a variety of clothing accessories and alien inspired goodies 
All orders are hand packaged by a small team of extraterrestrials straight from the UFO. They continue to cater to those who aren't afraid to be themselves and express this through the collections they offer. Each product is quality controlled to ensure it lasts your human lifespan guaranteed. Alien Outfitters is Sletchapreneur approved, so go get your freak on at alienoutfitters.com. There were times like before a show, I got like a blowjob in the back room before, oh, one, you know. Nice. That was super cool, you that's know? Nice. Or, uh, I really like uh, doing public stuff where you could maybe get caught. That's really yeah. fun for me. It's crazy because uh, on OnlyFans, they banned public sex, but oh. like some people's whole profiles were about like going to, you know, whatever park ranger that's mountain awesome. top Love and that. there are some places like if you're in your backyard no one can see you like i'm pretty sure you can do that if you are in a public place um, like i would be so about that shit that's so cool yeah. but now like i don't know if politically the correct is the right word but like it's not politically correct to talk like public sex because it is illegal and like parents or kids around or something i mean like, it you know is like I'll t- i know a, a dude He's not with us anymore, but he was labeled as a sex offender at 16 because he was, like, pissing at a uh, a playground, you know, if that's what you're alluding to. Like, yeah, public stuff. If you're a dude and you get slapped with some, like, sex and public shit, it can really fuck your whole life up. I guess anybody, but... um, Well, even, like, when I lived in a school zone, it was like, don't have sex in the backyard. (laughs) But I, I mean, one time in in the woods, I was pretty exhilarating. Yeah, I like that kind of shit. I've done in the woods a couple times, like Makes on feel a mountain. Like an that's amazing. I love that's if there's a maybe one of the weirder, and it's not even that weird, but I, I got uh, maybe I want to, I'm trying to think of the person without saying their name, but it was um, how uh, would I describe? Um, Bing bong. Like, that, that was um, one of the most exhilarating girlfriends because she was, it was constantly like, I say this delicately and also it's kind of weird to say it to my sister, but anyway, like I, the adventurous oral nature of our relationship, that was something we both were into. We both were about that all the time, uh, stuff in public. So that was like very up my alley, very up her alley. We were up each other's alleys. Well, see, it was great. that's great. You had something on the spectrum you both really enjoyed, which sometimes each partner has their own um, kink. So you kind of have to accommodate that. But I, it's probably pretty rare. I mean, unless it's like a, a pretty norm, like um, normalized kink. But it's it makes it that much more enjoyable on both ends. I mean, yeah. you enjoy when your partner is enjoying it. So I think there was a lot of that and we were, you know, the, the locations were adventurous and it was great. So, um, definitely go, everyone should go fuck themselves on a hike because it's awesome or behind the dumpster of a restaurant after you're hungover and you're getting brunch with your friends, go for a quickie. Um, it's the best <laughs> and it keeps relationships like fun and like exciting and, uh, I, you know, I am a single person, like, very uh, excited to work on myself. I'm looking forward to my next relationship, and I'm trying to be 
fertile soil for something fun like that to grow in. Brother Matt, he's available. Call uh, 1-800-MATT. Don't call anybody. <laughs> Stay the fuck away from me. He's toxic. It's, I, hey. <laughs> it's a song. It's, yeah, 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 it is. Red so, flags, for sure. We'll spice it up since we should kind of, you know, We've been talking for two hours. We need to kind of. Did you know? Fun fact: Your sister's on OnlyFans. Oh, good for you! I'm in the top one percent, bitch. I was really excited to tell you a dark secret and wanted. Oh, tell me, tell me, tell me. That I'm the only that I'm a baby porn star. Well, I'm proud of you. Good job. Well, I I don't do I don't film with anyone. I'm really good at burping, so I do, like, burp fetish content, which is really exciting. Fun. <laughs> to just, like, sip Dr. Pepper and have at it. Yeah. Um, but I have, I now have a manager, so I don't have to communicate with anyone, which is, like, a dream come true. I just get to make content. Um, but you saw my TikTok about the how to sell weird things on the internet. I think so. And with the, I was shaving my armpits or whatever. Mm-hmm. So that's an, a niche of people who enjoy worshipping oddities, like toenails or yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I all it. that stuff. I so it's it. it's kind of like my niche, um, and that's a lot in my book about teaching women how to start a business, even though things seem weird and obnoxious, but it's just the business as anyone else. Yeah. Um, but it's allowed me to start an entertainment company and give jobs and the opportunity to people who have no idea where to start and I'm super proud of it and I appreciate you feeling proud Um, but I think I hope anyone who hears this sees this example of what a supportive beautiful respective sibling family member um, accepting a completely normal um, side hustle job whatever it would just seem weird to me if I was like, I really love building cabinets and someone was like, you're disgusting. Or, <laughs> you know, like, it's just a, it's, I understand. And it, um, I guess if anybody knows someone who's struggling with that, like, that must be really hard. Um, oh, the I, majority. I, and especially people who have kids, they have to hide it. They'll get, people will threaten them, get doxxed and... You know, I've thought about, I mean, five years ago, if I was doing it, I would have been terrified if one of your friends was like, oh, your sister, But now if that happened, I'd be like, great, motherfucker, you're helping me pay my bills. Like, Like, you're the one who's... Cultures changed around it. Like like I said a little bit about, like, my my main thoughts when you were young and becoming sexually active is like, I just, I hope she's safe. Um... And that's what's great about being behind the screen, too. Oh, sure, sure. set it up safely. Yeah, and I think even if you're an in-person, like, if you're a person doing that kind of work in real life, Mm -hmm. like, um, props to you and could be more proud of you, whoever you are. Um, Just be safe because as as shitty as the people are that might be judging you, I'm sure any, like, safety is just so important, you know, you just... Yeah, it's, def- it's definitely terrible, high so. risk, um, and OnlyFans has been such a huge opportunity to provide a more normalized 
avenue for people. It's also kind of oversaturated the industry. I'm honestly, I've never gone on OnlyFans even to check out the website. I guess if you just like, there's micro celebrities you want to support, but it's a, a huge movement now. I mean, I subscribe to models that just to support them. I don't even look at their content because people should be paying for porn and all the porn companies are making all the money that these, you know, porn stars come in and they're like, Ooh, a thousand dollars. And then they're making millions on the video um, for their whole life. And it's, it's helping people realize you're an entrepreneur. You can set your rules, your boundaries, your prices. And, um, it's just paving the way for porn. You have sites that are ran by sex workers. Um, you have more of a public platform that's encouraging political change and rights for sex workers and the, the way money works on the internet entirely because the first, the first transaction on the internet was a nude photo sites where you could buy nude photos. Um, so sex has always sold. If the metaverse happens, sex will be in it probably sooner than later, you know, I mean, throughout history, I mean, yeah. yeah, there there were escorts from the beginning of time, and they changed the way power... It's the oldest job ever. Yeah. I mean, they could control the men who they were with. Um, anyways, uh, so I'm, I'm really proud of it. I'm moving more towards, like, the educational aspect of it, just because to prevent people from making mistakes that could, you know, affect their whole life, but coming out about it is one of the hardest things. Um, telling dad I wrote a book and not being able to share what it was about, um, is, wasn't the worst thing, but it's, it's just kind of, it's not even uncomfortable. It's just awkward. Uh, knowing like having this many followers, someone seeing something, you're just constantly like prepared for that conversation. Um, but it high risk, high reward, you know, the landscaping we did outside, it was with all the rocks. Remember that mm-hmm. 10 grand for that job. Okay. Who paid for it? Only fans. Nice. So should I, I should be investing a little bit smarter. Um, that will come, you know, you definitely get excited getting a lot of cash like that. And the days or the, I would say the months where my business was, um, I would say on thin ice, but just the harder months during the pandemic, the entertainment company could help um, enterprise. So it's been a blessing. Yeah, uh, we're we're here. I like this part of Atlanta. This is when I feel like I'm in Atlanta. Um, Twenty lanes of traffic, a billion bridges. Uh, it looks like ten times the buildings of Charlotte. Uh, it feels like a minute. Like. He's in the city, Matt and driving around, graffiti here, graffiti there. There's age here. I really like the patina of a city. You can see it on the concrete, all the, the years of rain and staining all it's the like buildings. like you're talking about wood. I just, I, I love, um, you can't lie. This is the hub of like a lot of history. Sure. Oh, God. Atlanta's got a ton of history. You want to talk about, like... Music. Oh, I was going to go in a darker direction. But, yeah, no, this is an awesome fucking place. There's a ton of amazing history here. There's a, ton, a lot of uh, hard history here. Uh, it's a beautiful city. Uh, Let's see if Mom has I'm trying to get really high and go to the aquarium. Uh, might not be able to do that this trip, but... All right, bitches. We're, uh, we're here. We got things to do. Pasta to eat. Thanks for listening. Thanks for meeting my lovely human brother. You know, I'm real and I had a good time.
did. I am a real person. I exist here. Had a great time on this little this little moment between us, and uh, felt pretty natural. It's, it feels like someone like there's a fly on the wall. Usually, talking does feel pretty natural, my dear sister. <laughs> um, I had fun. Lots of laughs. Oh my god. Anything else you want to say? Um, guys, just listen. Shut the fuck up and listen more. What? Okay. Thanks. All dudes out there, shut the fuck up and listen Leave more. Leave a five-star review and a unicorn has an orgasm. Bye, guys. It's the end of the show, so time to plug myself and pay some bills. So lube up. If you want to keep the show going and learn more about myself and my empire, you can check more out at professionalgoddess.com. My YouTube, mentorships, ebook series, and everything else is linked in the description of this episode, as always. And remember, every time you leave a five-star review, a slutpreneur has an orgasm. So keep the big O's coming. And lastly, if you want to get all up inside me, follow my free OnlyFans at Rebecca Blue with two K's and my explicit page at Rebecca Rabbit. Now, all you have to do is put in OnlyFans.com backslash my username. So I hope you have a wonderful rest of the day. And as always, refuse to be anything but successful. Go make that money, honey. I'll see you queens next Wednesday. Bye. Bye.